0: Hello, I am Slavenka Vukovic-Brian. This is Two Worlds, One Me, a podcast where every episode I talk to guests from all over the world who have moved away from the country of their birth to settle and live in another country.
1: After 30 years, I found that I had lost the ability to understand the regional accent. <laughs>
0: talk about the two worlds in their lives. I hope you enjoy listening. Today we have Liz, Liz Brooks with us. Liz is an American who has lived in Britain for 30 years. She works in social services administration and she's a single parent. Liz is a writer, enjoys crafts, sewing in particular, and she collects antique buttons and Charles and Diana's Royal Wedding Memorabilia, which, as she says, her British friends consider quite eccentric. Liz enjoys swimming and the outdoors, especially country walking in the South Downs where she lives. So, welcome to the podcast, Liz. Thank you, Sylvanka. It's really good to be here. So, Liz, please tell me what your two worlds are. Well, I
1: am American, but I'm also British. And when I heard your introduction, it struck me again how surprising it is that I've been here for 30 years. I can't I believe that much time has passed.
0: Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Time does fly, doesn't it? Yeah. So when you say you are American, um, America is obviously a very big place. So could you tell us a bit more about where you originally come from, what part of America and how you have settled here in in Britain? Sure.
1: I'm from Illinois, which is in the Mm -hmm. American Midwest. So I'm from the middle. And people often refer to it as flyover country. I come from a, I come from a very rural part of the Midwest where there is, are hundreds of miles of cornfields and farmland. And I grew up in a tiny village in the middle of all that, just north of St. Louis, Missouri. Mm-hmm. So, how I arrived in Britain. So, I. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I came over as a student. 30 years ago on an exchange program, and I was the first person in my immediate family to get a passport, so it's quite a big deal.
0: (laughs) I know, I can imagine.
1: Uh It's quite an adventure. So I was 20 years old. I came over to spend a year up north at the University of Durham, and obviously that was a year that changed my life because, because I met someone. It's the same old story. I met someone and eventually married him. So, for the first couple of years, I was back and forth. I went back to the States to finish my degree, Mm -hmm. of course, and then came back over on a student visa. Mm -hmm. And then the two of us uh, were back and forth between the US and Britain for a little while, trying to decide where we were going to live and Mm -hmm. how we were Mm going to live. But I had actually fallen in love with this country. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to, to settle here. So that's, that's what I did.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. Great. So what, how was it easy to make that decision to leave?
1: I don't think it was easy. No, but I think I was young and I was Mm -hmm. up for an adventure. So that helped. I think it was, I, yeah, it was quite a big deal actually. I, but I had a really good year that first year. I, lived in britain and Mm -hmm. i felt like i didn't want that adventure to end i felt that actually strangely enough coming to britain allowed me to become a person that i was Mm -hmm. really happy being Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah so it although it was a huge decision i think it was the right one and now i've spent most of my life here
0: yeah Yeah, wonderful. So could you just cast your mind back to that time? You were packing your bags, you're getting ready to leave the country. What are the feelings, emotions that you can remember from that time?
1: I was very excited. I was very excited and I was also sad and upset because I had to say goodbye to my family. And I think my mother took it particularly hard. I think from my mother's perspective, from yeah, I think my parents felt like it was just too far away. It was a very long way away, but actually they just got on an airplane and came to visit me, you know, and I, and I would get on a plane <laughs> and go back. So the world ended up being smaller than maybe they thought it was in a good way. So I, not only did I go on an adventure, I kind of took everyone else along with me <laughs> in my family as it were. And I've had family visit me over the years from time to time. And that's been really great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. So how did you find settling here?
1: I think that it was challenging. But then I think, you know, in my early 20s and my mid 20s, I think I found life pretty challenging anyway. So in a way, it's hard to separate out just being that age, which was a challenging Mm -hmm. age. And, you know, just trying to figure out who you are and what you're going to do with your life in terms of profession and where you fit into the world. So I think that there was a lot going on but i i've always really liked being in this country and i've always really liked the people of this country so mm-hmm. it, it it was good you know there was like good and bad experiences mixed together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: was it easy to make friends when you were settling um,
1: i i have actually always found it quite easy to make friends in this country and and i i don't know for sure what that's about i think i think it's that weird uh, love hate relationship sometimes that <laughs> that Europeans mm-hmm. can going to have with Americans. I think, I think I, you know, I'm a friendly person. I like meeting new people mm-hmm. and I think people automatically find it interesting when I open my mouth and, and my accent comes out. <laughs> so in, in a way it's like, you know, that first conversation is always like about that, you know? Yeah. And also just, you know, just the people of this country are great. It, it kind of just suits me. The culture mm-hmm. does and the people and yeah, it's, I, I certainly don't find it any more difficult to meet people mm-hmm. and make new friends in mm-hmm. Britain than I would anywhere else, than I would in America.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the language. So obviously, uh, there are sort of differences with, between British and American English. Did you find that awkward at times? Yeah, there's been a few funny mistakes, I guess, along the way.
1: I mean, I think, well, you've I think you already know, Slovenka, I'm not very good with foreign languages, so I could certainly never live anywhere <laughs> where people didn't speak English. But I mean, there's huge cultural differences, of course, between America and, and
0: Britain. I think, What would you say are the main differences culturally?
1: Well, I think probably the thing I struggled with the most is the sense of humour to mm-hmm. start with, because the British sense of humour is very different than the American sense of humor. And I think it took me a while to cotton onto the fact that people were not just constantly being really rude to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but actually that's the way Britons are with each other. So yeah, that took that took a good few years to get used to that. Mm-hmm. And, and there's also the strange thing about swearing, because there's a lot of swearing that people just do in this country. And in America, well, the part of America I'm from, I don't want to generalize, but in the Midwest, mm-hmm. people don't really swear. In, mm-hmm. Certainly not in the workplace or, you know, when they're out and about <laughs> with anyone other than they're really close friends because Americans think you're swearing at them. <laughs> <Forgiven> right. <swear. laughs> so I had a few, you know, I would often be just like really taken aback when people mm. were using foul language. And then it took me a while to realize, oh, yeah, that's just what people yeah. do. <laughs> Thank you too much in this country. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's it's so funny. The last time I went to the States, I was doing that thing where I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone, you know, and they, people were staring at me like, what's wrong with you?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what would you say is important to do, to be accepted and to integrate into the new country? Gosh, I think wow, that's a really big question. I I guess
1: I I I'm really interested in what's going around what's going on around me kind of locally in terms of mm-hmm. the art scene and culture and so forth. So I like to keep up with current events and find out, you know, what's going on in my town in terms of arts and events. And it, it's really that that makes it easier to relate to people. Mm -hmm. It's whenever conversations go back back in time into history or kind of people will, they'll reminisce about their childhoods. And of course, mine's very different. So it's that, that's when things can get a little challenging because of course, I don't remember anything in the, I can't remember anything in this country prior to 1990 because I wasn't here. So Mm -hmm. really (laughs) focusing on what's going on in the here and now can be really helpful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So do you go to America often? I usually get back every two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And certainly since my son's been born, my son's 11 now, I've made an effort to take him back with me for visits once every two years. And then in the years in between, my dad and stepmother will come visit us. Mm-hmm. And my brother usually gets over here about once every two years as well. But mm-hmm. of course, with the pandemic, I'm, I'm afraid that's, that's put everything on hold for the moment. Mm, so mm, my son's mm. very cross that I won't put him on an airplane and take him to America. <laughs> He's mm, not very mm. happy with me, but mm. I have had to explain that the pandemic means air travel is not a good idea right now.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, quite difficult times. But do you feel it is your duty that your son learns more about your culture and the country you come from?
1: Yes, I think so. It's interesting that I never really felt any pressure to visit and go back as often before I had him. But since Mm -hmm. he's been born, it's become much more important to see my family more often, make sure they get to know my son, make sure that he gets to spend time, just ordinary time playing with his cousins and visiting his aunts and uncles. I really want him to know all of them as Mm -hmm. family. So, it, yeah, there's there's definitely been, like, more incentive and more of a pressure to travel mm-hmm, back mm-hmm. to the States more often since he's been mm-hmm. born.
0: So when you go to America now, does it feel like you're going home? It doesn't. It feels like mm-hmm. I'm going back in time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> very interesting. Um, uh-huh. So I had a really strange experience the last time I was back, which was – three years ago now, because the pandemic has interrupted any travel plans for this year. So three mm-hmm. years ago, I was back in the States and, and I was back in central Illinois. So actually back in that very particular region and that locale. And of course, there's a regional accent. And mm-hmm. after 30 years, I found that I had lost the ability to understand the regional accent. <laughs> so I spent the entire trip. I mean, I can understand what my immediate family are saying, obviously, and my old friends. But mm-hmm. when we were out and about, I just couldn't understand what anyone was saying around me. And we were out uh-huh. in shops or restaurants and I spent the whole time thinking, why aren't these people enunciating their words? Like, why are they mumbling and slurring? <laughs> that How was very weird. That was mm. very
0: weird. <laughs> but do you feel a need to adjust to that accent when you're there?
1: I think when I go back, I probably do get some of Mm -hmm. my accent back. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And certainly when I'm talking to my brothers in particular, Mm -hmm. I find that I can slide back into the way I used to sound almost. But of Mm -hmm. course, they think I have a British accent, which they think is hilarious. Mm -hmm. But also Mm -hmm. the volume is much higher where I'm from. Like People are practically Mm -hmm. shouting at each other. the (laughs) (laughs) The volume is increased. And like my my voice will be worn out by the end of the day because I'm trying to shout to make myself be heard amongst these very loud people. Mm, mm. But surprisingly, my son loves it. My son thinks that increased volume is a really good idea and he
0: joins right <laughs> in. <laughs> wow, that's brilliant. Now, so when you think of home, so do you think of, Britain or do you think of America what is home and how do you define home I think my home is here
1: and yeah I think of uh, the town where I live and and my and my flat where I live as being my home and I think it's because I just feel really comfortable here and very settled so there was a time in my life where I moved around quite a lot but I've been here in this town in this location for 10 years now almost 10 years and my son was born in in this area as well and excuse me i've had the job i've had here i don't commute i work in the town i live in for about 10 years and i think mm-hmm. i just feel really settled here partly that maybe my age catching up with me but also i can't imagine going back now it's when i go back to the states it weirdly it's like visiting a foreign country
0: Mhm. Is that how people there per- perceive you as well as a visitor and a foreigner?
1: I think they see me as a visitor. I don't mm-hmm. think they see me as a foreigner. Right. But I but I feel myself to be a foreigner. I think it's interesting because with my family and my close friends, of course, as soon as I see them again, no matter how much time has passed, I just fall right back into those relationships and, you know, banter and however we were together as if no no time has passed
0: which is you know i guess what you do with people you love absolutely yes yeah. real friends yeah. you always stay together don't you no matter exactly. how far apart you are yes exactly so when you think of america what images smells come to your mind and what do you miss most about america
1: so that's a really great question because After all this time, really the only thing I miss are, well, first the people, obviously, people I love. And I miss some of the foods that I Mm -hmm. get here, some of the cooking. But I also really miss the land, the landscape and the trees and the smell of the earth. And it's a very different physical, like the land is very different where I'm from than it is here. Mm And I can mm-hmm. remember the first year I spent in this country, in Britain, everything felt damp. The air felt damp, <laughs> it smelled damp. like, you know, all the clothes, the duvet, you know, all soft furnishings all, all felt really damp to me because mm-hmm. I'm from such a much drier climate. Mm-hmm. But now when I go back to the States, it really shocks me how dehydrated I feel immediately. <laughs> <laughs> because wow. it's really, you know, it's a very... Kind of harsher environment, and very it's very hot in the summertime, but I do miss the smell of the earth, especially mm. after it rains, and I miss the smell of the trees and the flowers and that particular just that particular environment
0: so Liz are your parents alive?
1: well, <clears throat> my mother sadly. Died almost 20 years ago. So she's not around anymore. My dad is still alive. Mm -hmm. Yes, very much so. And uh, he remarried after my uh, mother passed away. So I've had a stepmother in my life as well for
0: about um, 15 years now. Mm -hmm. So my dad and stepmother very much around. Mm -hmm. So does that sort of moment when you lose your mum somehow, does your country to some extent invite you more to be there? Is that that sort of connection at all?
1: Well, yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, there are certainly times when I, I miss my mother every day, really. I think I'll never get used to her being gone. So there are times when I think, oh, gosh, I'd really like to visit her grave and take some flowers, but of course, that's not an option. I can phone up and have flowers taken to her grave, like remotely by a, mm-hmm. a, a local flower shop, but it's mm-hmm. not the same thing as visiting. So mm-hmm. that is, I'm a bit sad about that. But in terms of how I feel about America, I think it's, I think it makes it easier not to be there, because you know, there's nowhere I can go that she's going to be there. She mm-hmm. unfortunately mm-hmm. not anywhere mm-hmm. that I can mm-hmm. get to her. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was very very distressing. Obviously, because she died mm-hmm. she died far too young. But but I I am very nostalgic, of course, about she was not from Illinois. She was from a completely different part of the states, oh, and I I'm I, mm-hmm. I very nostalgic about the part of my childhood I spent in Tennessee with my mm-hmm. mother's side of the family. So. I have a kind of very specific longing to be in the American South sometimes. And that is oh, to wonderful. American South. Mm, yeah, mm. In, in Tennessee. So mm-hmm. so uh, do you visit
0: Tennessee when you go there?
1: I do. No? Yeah. It's not, you know, whenever I can, I try mm-hmm. to get to Memphis, which is where I have one uh, aunt who's still alive and she lives in Memphis. And I just love, I just love being in the South. And I think weirdly I'm more nostalgic about Tennessee than I am about Illinois which is where I actually grew up and I think there's particular reasons for that because you know we spent our holidays and summer holidays and we spent Christmas in Tennessee with my mother's extended family so it was very much like it was always very joyful and a big celebration and all these cousins Mm -hmm. and you know kind of surrounded by the extended family and I do miss that. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when big festivities come like Thanksgiving and uh Christmas. Do you mm-hmm. miss your country at that time?
1: I don't miss my country, but I miss my family.
0: Mm-hmm, I miss mm-hmm,
1: specific, mm-hmm. you know, I miss those people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, yeah, in terms of like feeling like I'm missing out or longing for something, it's really, it's really the people I love who mm-hmm, I'd love mm-hmm. to see more often. So thank mm-hmm. goodness for Skype,
0: you know, <laughs> a wonderful <laughs> yes, It's event. been relatively easy, hasn't it, <laughs> being in touch, keeping in touch with people nowadays, yeah.
1: So much yeah. more so than it was 25 mm. or 30 years ago. I mean, yeah. you know, social media really transformed my life. I'm in touch with all of these people who I otherwise would never speak to on social media.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's
1: really easy.
0: Yes, it's amazing what it does to our lives, yes. So if you had to make the decision that you made when you were 20 <clears throat> now, would you have made the same decision?
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely do it again. I think it's one of the best things I ever did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really made me into the person I am today in quite good way, because I think it is a challenge to move to another country and build a new life for yourself. And, and I'm really pleased that I did that. And, you know, with all the opportunities that it means when you get to start over, you know, you get to kind of decide who you're going to be and decide how you're going to be in the world and who you're going to spend your time with and so forth. And I think I think that was a good decision that I made. I'm really mm-hmm. pleased, about it. I'm really pleased
0: mm-hmm. to be here. Mm hmm. Let's talk about your son. Let's say that he, when he's in sort of in his 20s, he wants to go and live somewhere else in another country, let's say America or somewhere else. What would you say? How would you feel about that?
1: Oh, I think I'd be horrified. (laughs) I think I'd be horrified and I think think my mother was horrified. But, I mean, this can only really be a theoretical question for me because my Mm -hmm. son has... Very uh, severe special needs. So mm-hmm. he's probably going to need care and support for the rest of his life. And it's highly mm-hmm. unlikely that mm-hmm. there would be a set of circumstances where someone would take him to live in mm-hmm. another country. So, in a way, it's not that's not really anything that
0: could ever happen to me. Right. Well, let's think about the future. Where do you see yourself in the future?
1: I see myself right here. In Lewis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think it. I've moved around a lot, as I say, I, and I moved around a lot in the UK. But I, I just feel like I found the right place for myself. I can see myself staying here in this town, in this area, really for the rest of my life, which feels nice. It's a good place to be. In terms of my career, who knows? I mean... Mm-hmm. I've been in my job for 10 years and it's pretty you know, amazing now
0: so settled yeah
1: it's the longest period of it's the longest period of time I've ever done the same job because I think a lot of people you know like a lot of people in my generation we you know I moved around a lot I moved jobs quite a lot but yeah I feel really settled at this point point. and I think partly that's being a parent you know like that's what happened and it makes sense to stay in one place because that's mm-hmm. better for my kid But also, I just feel like, no, this is nice. You know, I did a lot of traveling and had a lot of adventures and now I'm just here. So I think I'll stay here.
0: That's great. That's great. So when you think of the lessons that you can pass on to um, young generations, what would you advise people who want to move and settle in another country?
1: I think if it's what you really want to do, you should do it. And I know it's absolutely possible because I did it. And I did it without a lot of money as well. <laughs> so that's interesting. I to have that experience of just making something happen. You know, and that's part of the adventure of being young, isn't it? It's just like, no, I'm going to go and do this thing. And then, and then the experience of having done it just filled me with much more confidence about my ability, my ability to be in the world and yeah, I think, I think people should push the boundaries a little bit. I think people should go on adventures if that's what they're drawn to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Liz.
1: I was really pleased you asked me. Thank you for asking me, Svenka, because I think oftentimes, because I am an immigrant, you know, and I've had an immigrant experience, but people often don't think of Americans or Canadians as immigrants, really, because we have the same language.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it is the language that connects and divides uh, mm. to some extent. Thank you so much, Liz, for your oh, story. Cool. It's Thank great you. to speak to you and hear your personal journey, personal story. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks, Lubenka. This was Two Worlds, One Me. Thank you so much for listening. Do let me know if you would like to talk about your worlds and share your story. The email is hello at twoworlds.oneme.cafe. You can also see all the details in the show notes. Come back next time. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And tell your friends.